What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hard Work Beats Talent, where we aim to draw upon the insights of our inner circle in order to help our listeners learn from their wisdom as well as their mistakes. I'm Nikita, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Alex. What's going on, Alex? Not a lot, not a lot. Just plodding along. Yeah? As usual, as usual. Yeah, all good, all good. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, So before we get into it and introduce our guest, um, I wanted to just take the opportunity in a minute to um sort of discuss and and just shine a light on the conflict that's taking place at the moment in Ukraine um as our listeners will will probably be aware um I'm Ukrainian born um and um you know the 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 events that are taking place at the moment are are very difficult and um you know a lot of our our friends and family are 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 suffering tremendously at the moment um today is actually um a month on from the beginning of the the conflict so um I just wanted to say that you know the, the the nation and the people are really um showing a lot of resilience and strength um and um uh you know I'll probably speak for all of us where I say that um our thoughts are with all of the people of Ukraine um and then particularly you know my my friends and, and my parents family as well um so yeah I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything to to that no no absolutely um and yeah I just want to kind of reiterate that Thoughts and prayers are, are with the people of Ukraine and and have been with, with you and your family during this quite challenging time. Um, but yeah, like hopefully the the situation comes to some sort of resolution um, in the near future. But yeah, we obviously thinking about them and doing what we can from here in terms of money raising efforts to make sure that uh, we're helping as much as possible. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Alex. Appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> and um, well, you know, um, with that, Let's introduce today's guest. Um, on today's episode, we are joined by our good friend and member of our inner circle, um, Bio. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. Hello, people. Hello. <laughs> buzzing. Buzzing to be on this side. Buzzing, buzzing to, to be on this yeah. side. Buzzing Come to have you. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, as you'll get to know throughout this episode, um, Bio uses this space as well for his podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll plug that for sure. Um, so what we'd like to do by, um, as an introduction mm. with our guests is to have you give us a bit of a speed dating introduction to us, to yourself. So do you want to give us our listeners a bit of, a uh, you know, an introduction to who you are, what you do and, and where you're from? Yeah. So hi everybody. Yeah. My name is bio. Um, I work in the tech industry. Uh, I'm a customer success director. Uh, so that involves managing um, an enterprise portfolio of clients to ensure that they're getting return of investment from our digital analytics platform. Um, in my day-to-day, I'm just a general lover of life. I love people. Um, I find them interesting. And I just I just like to bring energy and vibes. And, you know, on the note of vibes, I also have a little side thing at the Vibes and Tribes podcast. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. Sorry. But first tribes. plug. First plug. <laughs> Two on. bins in. First plug. <laughs> sure, there'll be many more. Yeah. <laughs> love that um so alex do you want to maybe kick us off yeah uh, and and get into it with bio absolutely so yeah you you mentioned the tech industry and you mentioned customer success director yeah i believe yeah yeah for, for the layman or or for say us 10 years ago what does that actually look like day to day what does that look like day to day i mean one of the things i love about it is that no two days are the same right so for me i manage um about 10 to 12 clients uh they range in industries so got like gambling gaming and some financial services um but what the day-to-day is it's dealing with um 
different internal and external stakeholders, right? So um, externally, you're going to have your champions, so the day-to-day users of your platform and making sure that, you know, they're getting the most from the platform and delivering value to their higher-ups. And then to their to their managers, you're strategizing with them to make sure that the people under them are utilizing the platform. And then on like a monthly or quarterly basis, you're doing exec business reviews. So building out decks where you're showing that return on investment. So that's externally. And then internally, it's, it's a politics game. It's a vibes game. It's a culture game. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, yeah, it's just leveraging relationships to make sure that people are doing things for you, going the extra mile for you to make sure that you're um, getting the right outcomes for your customers in a timely manner. Because, you know, in our company, we have like, you know, over 200 customers. They all want things yesterday. <clears throat> but it's like, how do you make sure it's, it's, it's your your customer that's put first? And it's by having those relationships you know with the right technical people with their bosses if they're not doing the right thing you know the right product people to discuss roadmap etc etc just to make sure that you have complete alignment on goals objectives and, and all that good stuff no brilliant and and you've touched on it briefly there but like what would you say are the most important skills for your role and were they skills you had innately or were they things that you developed um i'd say some of them i've developed <laughs> such as you know being organized <laughs> I mean, I definitely i've definitely gotten more organized over the years i've learned to appreciate like things like excel uh definitely didn't back in the day but some of the innate things i think you know personally my one of my superpowers you know trying to be modest here, is, is um just is, is <laughs> empathy humble break, humble break. Is, yeah it's yeah. like empathy it goes such a long way in in our roles because uh working in tech one thing you realize very quickly is that you know tech doesn't work half the time yeah so um a lot of our role is like delivering bad news in a digestible way and you know being very uh outcomes focused and solutions driven yeah um so yeah it's you know understanding the pain of the customer and being able to mirror that pain and say look i feel that for you yeah here is this you know here solution is what we should or, do yeah, exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so i think empathy is is massive because if you're tone deaf yeah and like you can't read when you know there's an at-risk customer and they're yeah. like we hate this 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 you know they're gonna go yeah but so it's about risk identification you know really early you know six months out before yeah. you know anything potentially actually hits the fan yeah so i'd say uh that's the number one thing um and then yeah like i said uh being very organized right because there are so many different things going on with different teams um and yeah being able to escalate particular issues but then yeah like we said roadmap and understanding needs for the various teams. So being being organized and because not only do you have to deliver this back to the organization, but you've actually got to be able to report internally as well, you know, when you're having your one-to-ones, when you've got the sales kickoffs. So being able to advertise yourself externally yeah. and internally, you know, being organized helps helps with that. So you you kind of work very closely on the customer side, yep. so your customer facing, mm-hmm. and you work closely with your internal stakeholders as well. So you're you're kind of the the the, the link between the, the glue. Two. You're the, the glue. glue the glue all together. Honestly, yeah. we are, and um, we we really see it because you know the the phrase we use is that the sales team or the sales directors, whatever, they sell the dream. And we service the nightmare. So <laughs> salespeople, you've got them saying, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. But in actual fact, you can only do this. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. not only do we have to onboard the client and, you know, readjust expectations, it's about feeding 
back the knowledge gap. Okay, this is yeah. what they were sold. This is what they need. Let's put a plan in place to make sure that we can bring ourselves up yep. to, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that because it, even in the role that, that I work with, the company I work in, um, obviously I work on the, the legal side, but, um, you know, I work very closely with the sales guys. Um, they sell the solution, the dream, yeah. right? Um, and even for us as lawyers, when we're negotiating the actual deal and putting in place all of the terms and conditions for that, you know, solution or, or, or product we're selling, um, we're kind of having to tie the two together and, and keep people's feet on the ground sometimes. But you know, we work uh, with people sort of in roles such as yourselves as yeah. well, where once it's all handed over, you know, contracts are signed, the delivery phase goes out. And um, I, th I think they have like a tremendously difficult job yeah. um, because it's not only just what the sales organization has sold. It's also what we agreed in the contract. Exactly. And, and sometimes there are some gaps and there are, well, there are lots of issues that, that need to be addressed and, and managed from a practical perspective. A hundred percent. So, so, you know, I completely admire what you do. Um, and it, it does require uh, a, a lot of, of those skills that you mentioned in particular empathy. Um, and it, I think also it's quite easy, you know, when people get sort of set in jobs, they get comfortable, um, it can be quite robotic mm. and lose that sense of empathy and sort mm. of urgency yeah. when, when issues crop up. Yeah, I think just to add to my role, even though it's changed over the pandemic, I think one of the things that I always set out on from university is that like, I always looked at like, I don't know, big bankers or people in really big jobs and like, I want to wine and dine people and go and play golf for a living do you know what i yeah, mean like yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah. A, obviously <laughs> you've got to work your way up to that but um something that came alongside that was being able to travel with work mm -hmm. yeah. um and i knew that in this company i would have the opportunity to travel to to clients and it really just um it resets you not having to go into the office every day being able to experience a new culture assimilate for a couple of days and then have meetings with people in a different culture like you know shout out to um, you know some of the guys who I see in Sweden like some of the most friendly people the most welcoming yeah. um, they take you out mm. it's just seeing yeah all of these different cultures and people I think that is something that I really need in a job um, yeah so oh, sorry go on Alex good no 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 I, all I was going to say is that completely resonates with me um, in my previous role travel was a, a big part and mm the reset thing is so true it, mm. it kind of breaks up the mundane day-to-day -day going in and out of the office and yeah I, I won't use the name but we used to kind of almost refer to them as work holidays mm. <laughs> once once the job's done the, the city's yours to explore exactly on the skills though before we do move on yeah, yeah yeah what you were describing also sounded a lot like strategy and a lot of communication being important yeah 100%. And, and i just wanted to to touch upon that because it's all well and good, yes, having that empathy, but you've all, always been a sociable person and someone that can get on well with people. And mm -hmm. I think that's probably played into how successful you've been in your role. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think um, even if I look at like my company and um, like my progressions through, this might sound crazy, but... I think some of the promotions I actually got were through people internally lobbying. Like, how is Bayern yeah, not yeah, been yeah. promoted? Yeah, and it's like I'm on, I'm onto my manager. Yeah, other teams are onto my manager, and yeah, like at the yeah. time you don't realize, like, oh my god, like people actually want to see me like succeed and do well, and like, it mean it means a lot to you. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the communication, I don't know if that can be taught, and you know, to your point, like. 
I think it just stems from, I just like seeing people smile, man. Yeah. And I've always tried to, you know, be a bit of a joker. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't describe where it comes from, man, but it's definitely, it's definitely helped me get to where I am. I, I think just, so. just to draw on, you know, what we talk about a lot, you know, on, on this podcast and, and really like the concept that we're trying to bring to, to the foreground, you know, that, that it's sort of natural talent will, will only really take you so far. It, you know, certainly my opinion, um, and those softer skills that you're talking about, you know, the personability, the communication, um, you know, uh, sort of building relationships with people, um, that's the sort of the level up kind of um, characteristics yeah. that, that are really important to hone, particularly communication. You know, if you can communicate well, you know, you're deadly, really, because the relationships you built within your organization you know, that's created that sort of leap where your colleagues are lobbying for you to progress. Yeah, yeah, you it's, know? Crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's um, crazy. I, I think it's awesome. Uh, completely. And, and just one other thing on that. So in um, kind of the legal sector, we refer to it as sponsorship. Um, people who have conversations in the room that you're not quite re yet ready to enter. So people lobbying on your behalf, as you've described, and the importance of that for career progression can't mm. be understated. Um, when you kind of described uh, kind of how you are at school, I, I, not school, sorry, at work, um, it reminded me a little bit of kind of back back at uni where we met and yeah. how I don't think the, okay, and in some respects, yes, the bio has changed, but there are a lot of commonalities between how you would lift the energy, lift the spirits, get on well with people whilst on a football team and similarly to what I now see with you in a professional capacity whilst working hard in, in, in both senses, um, maybe less so on the football pitch. <laughs> We're trying to get back on the football pitch. <laughs> but but what, I, I don't know if you can comment on that. Like, Do you think there are any things you might have learned, say, beyond the curriculum that you've taken into your, your working life? Um, that's a great question. Any things I've learned beyond the curriculum? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's so many actually. I think one of the key things I learned early on is that how do I describe this? Like, there might be like real low moments in your life, and mm. you might think that it's the end of the world. But guess what? From that moment, like, there's another moment. Yeah, like, and you're talking about professionally and personally, right? Professionally and personally, and I think when you I think one of the things, you know, that I've taken is like just the focus of energy, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of people, um, you know, they gossip or if something doesn't go their way, they curse and they're like, I can't, like, or they, they throw shade and they hate on people. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm, I never look at things with a negative mindset. Yeah. It's if I don't get like a, a, a job promotion, which has happened to me in the past, I don't say I didn't like they don't know what they're doing they flopped yeah. Yeah. it's okay this person has got me this time where do i need to improve so that doesn't happen again yeah. it's like a mindset thing um and they don't teach you that at school no, i no. think it's just the people who i've surrounded myself with you see that they're doing extra they're just yeah, yeah. doing more and when you have like a level head and you know you're i'm like quite analytical like not like bloody rain man but like <laughs> one plus one equals yeah. two and i mean that in the sense that like you can see people when they're working hard right yeah. and you know that hard work 
I know you're saying hard work. But yeah, hard work does beat talent, honestly. <laughs> Come man. On. Like the talent, the talent only it, it really only takes you so far. Um, yeah. so, far. so yeah. I, I think the key thing is is mindset. Yeah. And I think that is just assimilated to me over the years through, you know, they talk about you are the sum of the five people who you spend the most time yeah. with. Yeah. I, I'd say it's more than that because I spend yeah. time with a lot of people and, and, and that's the key thing I see in, in the people I hang and around so with. So just on that, something came to mind. I know you're itching to ask a question. <laughs> um, there's some, someone I was listening to um, literally earlier today said, be careful who you surround yourself with because advice is cheap mm. and you're going to get it regardless, oh, right? Man. So if you, you surround yourself sim. with good people who are giving you good advice and good examples naturally like you said you become the average of the people you spend the most but, time with but just to rebuttal that um yes advice is cheap but the, this saying always rings true to me look not what at look not at what they say what they do. look at what they do Absolutely. so people can talk 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 yeah. talk talk yeah. but for me it's the people who I deem to be successful, not because they've told me they're successful, it's mm. because I've looked at what you're doing, your career, et cetera, and I have made that decision. Your own assessment. My yeah. own assessment. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. because of that, okay, I want to pick that person's brain yeah. or I want to follow in the steps what they yeah, do. Yeah. So, yeah, just to Big kind facts. of like, you know, break down a couple of those bits or, you know, bits of a synopsis, like... It, I think it's a skill in itself to cut through the, you know, because um, you can surround yourself with people and you think that their advice is good or their guidance is good. But as you say, you need to see what they do in and okay, you, you know, they'll be in your life. Um, you'll, you know, they listen to them, you'll, you'll chop it up. Um, but it's over, say the course of a few years where you kind of, you're seeing, well, you know, what's the journey? where they're going and or, or is it all fluff um and i think it's a skill in itself to kind of understand that yeah and i think just a big a big point on that right i think the skill another skill is actually um being able to act on like the thoughts and what yeah. i mean by that is there are lots of people who complain about their weight as an example, please don't don't mm. kill me. <laughs> but like they don't I, I go, say it. yeah, they don't they don't they don't go to the gym. Do you get yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. it's just like uh, like my brother's a motivational speaker, and he has loads yeah. of quotes. And you know, one that he always says is that to to get things you've never got, you need to do things you've never done, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And it's like people can say that I want to be successful, I want to be this, but like, what are you actually doing? to be successful yep. and once again it's like a mindset thing right like you know there's people who I've who I've known shall I say mm -hmm. and yeah it's just a lot of fluff yeah right yeah, you yeah. need to you need to have the vision yeah but then take action absolutely Absolutely. Sorry, I, I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we will bring it back to tech <laughs> shortly. <laughs> Just to no, no, sick. Taking it with yeah. one quote that comes to mind, which um, is about all of this, because often when you're having that uh, kind of clarity of vision, HD vision, shall we say, about mm -hmm. what is or isn't fluff, like cutting through it all, you're going to see some things about yourself that you're not happy with. 1000%. And that can be tough and a lot, well, the kind of natural reaction can be to shy away from that. But I guess the stronger character people will will turn to it and say, okay, I need to work on that. I need to improve that because what it is right now isn't good enough for where I want to get to. And yeah, the quote you said about if you want to have 
abnormal outcomes in life. You can't mm. got to do abnormal it. things. Mm. And sorry, just oh my god, I, I wanted to say one more thing. Oh my god, it's completely it's completely uh, gone from my mind. Just let it come back to you. But just on on that point, um, while you're thinking about it, um, when we say like you know abnormal outcomes, you know you got to do abnormal things, or we're essentially saying do it's the things for you, you know, if, if you want to get fit and you know, you don't go to the yeah. gym, you have to go to the gym. Yeah. That's the step. That's the practical step you need to do. You need to take. Um, and you know, if you're not seeing results, maybe you're shooting too high and you need to drop it off a bit and maybe start a little bit lower and, and with less intensity or whatever it is. Um, so, so I, I think they're all like valuable. I, I remember what I was going to yeah. say, sorry. Go on. Um, I think I know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I was just going to say, so obviously there are, like I have goals that I don't achieve. Um, but one thing that I, uh, you know, I stress to people is like, don't let the failures consume you. Mm. Um, I think one thing that I do relatively well is, you know, focus on the positives in, yeah. and, you know, I think for people who might find some situations overwhelming, you need to just think about how you can turn a negative into a positive situation. Um, and yeah, that should be a focus. Like just set little tasks to turn, mm. to, to turn like what might be a loss into some small wins. Yep. And then from there, you know, elevate. So that's and and I, I think um, something I'm sure you'd like to talk about um, relates to that point around the power of compounding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole thing you mentioned about yeah you go to the gym and have a really massive session but then lose motivation like but then you don't go for a month exactly right whereas i think what you're saying is even if you go to the gym and don't do anything but you do that every day for a month you're probably going to get more out of that yeah oh. in the longer term than just having one massive session and then tailing off do you know what like uh, there's a few things i'll say number one i just love life <laughs> and what, when i mean i love life we love you for it it's just like i just love no but like these conversations and like analyzing like being like like when i was growing up i always wanted a little brother because i wanted to understand evolution okay. like i wanted to see something <laughs> like a baby become a human Human. Yeah. Now my brother's twenty two. I'm a bit like, oh my! I did. I really want that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Joking. Love my, love my bro. Um, but yeah, coming back to like compounding, it's like you never know that you're like getting wiser. You you don't know things like I'm. I'm turning thirty this year, and you know, turning thirty, it really puts you into like a reflective mode. And I've like done a lot of like looking back and compounding it happens in so many walks of life like you know I, I always use the gym the gym is one i used to be chubbier than i am now i'm not as chubby in but like shape. relationships like if i didn't talk to nikki and alex as much as i do would i be here right now on this podcast um you look at you look at work like i if you just go and work nine to five we like, because i came in earlier you know actually at my job right um in my first role i'll never forget this like two weeks in my boss at the time shout out jamila i've done this before you know <laughs> she was she was like to me she was like to me she sat me in the room because like i was like falling asleep i was a bit sloppy she she took me into a room and she's just like do you want to be here mm. she's just like this is a great opportunity for you like fix up or get out is basically what she said to yeah. me two, like week, two weeks in, two weeks into my job yeah, yeah. great mentor um and you can go one or two ways. You can be like, who's she to talk to mm. me like that? I'm gone. <laughs> Bang. And you know what? I know so many people that, that would had do that. that. It's ridiculous. Up, it's like, You're not going to talk to me like that. Oh, I don't need this job. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, but like, I looked, 
up to her. Mm. I saw how successful she was as a woman in a male-dominated industry, how intelligent she was. Big. I was like, and also you're thinking, shit, I don't want to be like jobless. Yeah, yeah. I need to fix up here. Yeah. So I came, like, like honestly, for like the next year and a year and a half, you know, I was like the first one in and the last one out because yeah. like it was fight or flight, right? And then yeah. I got to a stage where, yeah, like like I said, I got promoted and then I got promoted again. And that was like a real pivotal moment for me, having that person because people get complacent, like, and you don't know you're being complacent until yeah. it's too late. But having, you know, that mentor mentors are a huge thing and it's something i don't think i have enough of um but having people to challenge like your your way of being i think it's really important definitely definitely in your formative years as well because yeah you, you just don't you don't learn as much and you need that fear yeah. i think of potential. You need someone to light a fire under your ass honestly right? mm. you do yeah. you do man yeah yeah um yeah, sorry. No. Back to tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's, sorry, that's sorry, Do you have any other questions before we? Uh, we're going. This is obviously this, this is a great conversation, <laughs> yeah. and it's absolutely fine that we take it where it goes. Um, you know, but I think this particular stage because we we really want to uh, give our listeners like value in terms of career choices yeah. and and things like that. So just kind of give them a, a bit of a better understanding what being in like tech. In, you know, involves what's the industry like? Yeah. Um. So we've talked about skills. You know, empathy, strategy, um, organization, um, relationships, and we've talked about that a number of times already with people. Um. Kind of when you started the job, obviously you had to hone some skills. Yeah. Like the organization and and the kind of more project management side mm -hmm. of things. Did your employer take time to um? develop those skills or did you kind of have to be proactive yourself and develop them as you progress through Oof, through that job that's a great question no, uh it's definitely a bit of both um obviously your employer needs to develop you to a point that you're competent and you're able to like when i got to my company i was like person number 20 okay um so it was like there isn't a lot of process in place yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're building the process for people who are coming in um but that being said there were people above me who were putting in some of the building blocks but then you're contributing to that so we had something called um the wikipedia okay. and like if there was a process that wasn't on there and you were like oh why isn't this process there guess what you had to put the process on there <laughs> yeah yeah so, like it was a great learning curve but then you also have the wiki to learn um but yeah, going back to it, I think an, another thing you need um, is resilience in tech because you're never going to just go into a sales role or a customer success role. I mm -hmm. think for those people listening, you're always going to need to start in business development or okay. like, so, so BDR or SDR. And that is What's what SDR? I started in, a sales development sales. Represent, representative or okay. business development representative is basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's cold calling. So recruiters will know this well, but it, it like the a lot of recruiters go into tech sales because they have transferable skills. You need to have so like for the first year to year and a half, I'm like cold calling, mm. cold emailing. Like sometimes you get through and then you're pitching. Yeah. Um. But you know what I found, obviously that that really like tests your metal because you have got people who don't want to talk to you, and then when you get the opportunity, you have to sell them. Um. But I found that I got a lot of um joy at like conferences because you know people they're there for a bit of a jolly up you know they're on the company <laughs> dime but then they're actually there to learn about technology so yeah, you yeah. 
So where you're going from people on the phone who don't want to talk to you, no, people are at this conference because they want to learn about these new technologies. Yeah. And I learned so much at the conferences because, yeah, once again, like, I'm a very like visual learner. So looking at people's expressions, seeing that, ooh, the oh, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just it's data, isn't it? Yeah. And so much data is coming through on like what works and what doesn't at conferences. If, you know, there's an option to go, you always have to go. With the be, be proactive, be proactive. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you touched upon it a little bit before in terms of the traveling, but I was just curious as to like what the most interesting parts of your job are. And then also, like, if you don't mind talking about some of the benefits of maybe joining the start startup early, which gets brought out. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a really good question, because yeah. I think when people are looking at potentially going into tech, you know, they kind of want to know what what they're getting into. And you can offer first first hand <laughs> insight into that. Um, just before I do, so I'll make sure I answer the question. Can you just repeat it? Cause it so firstly, like what things do you enjoy most? So okay. you mentioned the traveling, um, yeah. but anything in addition to that. And then, yeah, some of the benefits of joining a startup early. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can answer them both together, actually. So one of the benefits of joining a startup is that you get given more responsibilities just through sheer necessity. Mm -hmm. um, so where you're at bigger companies, it will take you way longer to progress because there's so much structure in place. Um, it's like a blessing and a curse in that, you know, sometimes you wish that there's a little bit more structure in place, but then you're just exposed to so much. Like I yeah. remember when I was um, like a junior account manager, I was like working for um, a senior and I was an insight analyst. I was having to put together insight reports, but then that deepened my knowledge of the product and then I went from insight analyst to like solution support so I would like you know open up inspect elements and you know need to understand a little bit about javascript um, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. much of it now but <laughs> I was just opened up to so many different aspects that um, if I was at a more established company um, I don't know if I would have obviously there are some drawbacks from being at a startup as well such as the fact that like I mean you know my my, my CEO would hate me say this but like we didn't have a set pay date for like many years <laughs> <laughs> so like one day we'd get paid on like the 18th yeah. and the next month we'd get paid on like the 31st yeah. and be like don't ask it's coming it's coming but we always got paid we always yeah. did get paid yeah. to be fair uh, but we were literally like hand to mouth like until we got like some some funding in um and then yeah going back to that point of um actually acquisition right so yeah i was fortunate to go through um, an acquisition uh in 2021 and you don't understand like just just very briefly hold yeah. that thought to to explain to people who don't sort of follow what we're talking about when we talk about acquisition it's the company that you work at um has grown developed and it got to a point where investors or maybe a bigger company wanted to buy you for either your client base your technology whatever it may be everything and yeah. they acquired your business yeah that you worked for yeah and, yeah and just in addition to that um because i think it won't make sense otherwise <laughs> part of your payment structure up until that point involved share options yeah yeah it does it does and to to, so to give clarity on share options now for those people that have it really read up on it because until that happens you don't really care because it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not physical money and you're going into it with a like a long game yeah exactly you definitely are you definitely are because you know for me in order to do my job and i'll say this like 
every person I talk to, I have to believe in the software. And yeah. believing in the software means that it's going to get to a point that where it is going to IPO or, mm-hmm. or, or get acquired. Um, I don't understand people who can like work for like dry companies just to like get a paycheck, but that's here nor there. <laughs> Coming back to the share options. Yeah. So basically a share option, what it does is it gives you the option to um, purchase a share at a specified price. So let's call that price one pound. Right. So regardless of how much the share is worth, you get to buy at one pound. And then when the company is acquired, et cetera, et cetera, let's say the company is acquired at 20 per share, you make the difference. So you yep. would get 19 for every one of the shares that you have. But then there's loads of things like vesting schedules and like how many shares actually yeah. vest over the period of time. So yeah, obviously um, having share options, it incentivizes you to make sure that the company is successful and to give blood, sweat and tears. Well, you're literally invested in the business, yeah. right? You're not there just for a paycheck, like you say, exactly. you're invested. But, but I think... Thanks for that explanation. I, I think one thing to draw out from there, though, is unlike a lot of careers, you get that lump sum payday, right? And, and continue working potentially if all goes well. Yeah, if all goes well. But one thing that has been made clear to me is that acquisitions and IPOs are not the norm. So I'm actually like in a very privileged position to have gone through that and received um, what I have because... There are lots of companies with, you know, a dream and investment, yeah, yeah. but they don't, well, it doesn't you, always work. You might out. have a hundred, I mean, tech now is so big, right? There's so much out there and out of a hundred, maybe 10%, probably yeah. less will be acquired or won't flop. Exactly. Right. So, honestly, I mean, when people are looking at this and thinking about it, obviously weigh up, you know, what your goals and outcomes are when you're looking at going into sort of like a tech startup, um, what the benefits are mm. um and whether you know it's something you want to consider as in like share options as well so don't just think right i'm going to bang in my life savings and i'm going to make a, a killing at the end of it because there is risk oh yeah with this as well so you have to be fully aware but there's massive it. risk and i also think like if we're just talking about like base salaries and bonuses and stuff like that i really implore people who like don't have a long-term outlook to just like opportunity cost um are they going to be beneficial like i've just had a friend who yeah, yeah he was talking to me about taking like significantly more and i was like he's like it's going to be significantly more but i'm gonna to have to work harder and i'm like is it going to change your life then like is yeah. this really what you want i mean obviously the, the extra money is going to be great but do you want to work the, the yeah. so you really have to i, I think th- this topic I, i've got like a keen interest in it myself but i think we could probably have like a conversation a other, yeah, yeah, yeah. on our on, a, on one of our other segments yeah. about thinking about income tax yeah, yeah, yeah um salaries um you know and and sort of when you get you know let's say you, you you're in the the sort of lower tax band and you're on the cusp of crossing over, you know, th- there are certain considerations to make. Like you say, is that five extra 5K worth the extra time when... Once, that being said, know, though... They taper your tax. Make sure where wherever you're working, they value you. That's right? the key thing. That make sure you're key. valued. Yeah. Like yeah I've yeah. got... I've pushed for increases every year. They're probably sick of me. Yeah. But, and absolutely. I've learned that from looking at other people and seeing how they've pushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once don't ask and you don't get, right? You have to. Closed um, mouths don't get fed. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Who watched um, that doc? Come so, on. <laughs> Shout out I will Jay-Z. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> um, so I, I just want to ask 
um, a question and, and then I think it'll be good to, to kind of move on from your career. So yep. for someone that's looking into going into, into tech, uh, or a role similar as yourself, um, kind of being, you know, that, that man between the, you know, customer facing and, and internal, um, can you describe a little bit of your journey into tech? Um, so for example, like application process, you know, certain, um, uh, like uh, academic qualifications you yeah. had to have um, and the things someone considering going into it or into that industry should consider. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the the application process, how you get into it and then what they need to be prepared for. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> so many things here, but it's, it's, I've looked at some jobs recently, so I know this. You do need a degree, but like they, you know, they just typically just say like a bachelor's in, you know, ideally they'd want it to be like, I don't know more analytical um, but they don't actually mind um, typically I remember at the time so and like I said I went in in an SDR role so typically they say that you need a degree but I also know SDRs who didn't go to uni um, and they start in that way Um, and then from there I mean what other skills do you need sorry like I said um, resilience um, I'm, I'm trying to think back to like uh, the job spec at the time. I mean, I can talk about the job spec now for like customer success directors mm-hmm. and it's like um, enterprise stake, it's like enterprise stakeholder engagement. Um, it's like some project management expertise. It's like, they're, they're like strong presentation skills, which for me is like an absolute bugbear um, because it's weird. They want strong presentation skills is what I'll say, but then you get to a company and they have like decks so it's it's really weird like companies ask for things and then you don't need them but yeah like in any interview process it's the same now as it was then you have like um an initial call with like a recruiter and then you'll speak to maybe the team leads um and then you'll speak to members of the team so i've even like interviewed loads of people for people joining our team Mm -hmm. and then there might be um, a presentation task and i don't think that's changed right whether you're in sales sdr customer success they want in in our role it's um yeah do a presentation as if you were doing like a business review so understanding um the business review process and um what what a client would want to see um, and what clients would want to see typically, f- from my knowledge, is obviously ROI. So like return of, on investment. Yeah, return on investment. So lots of tangibles, figures, um, but then also understanding um, client goals and objectives. Did you and have that, to do all of this when, when you went into this first role that you were in? So when I when I um, went into the SDR role, yeah, I had the phone interview. I had the, I had another phone interview and yeah I did have to do um a presentation. Okay. Um the presentation wasn't on customer success because it was a sales role. It was more about like understanding the company. I mean it was like 6 years ago I yeah, don't yeah, really yeah. remember. Yeah. But I did have to so, do So so I think the key considerations then are when you speak to recruiters um understand the requirements clearly research the company research the company understand what they will want from you throughout the process mm. and get prepared yeah and and just on on presentations because i think yeah like you it's not something that i necessarily grew up loving um but it's a necessary evil right yeah and someone said it to me at work the other day we had to do some big presentations and it was they made the point that to get above like director level in any organization you you kind of need to get comfortable with the idea of presenting and the more you do it 
even if it's like small ones at school, if we're talking to some of our younger listeners, mm -hmm. the more those lessons will compound and the easier it will be down the line. Yeah. And um, so, you know, going back to did work investing, like my improvement, my work actually did pay for me to go on like a presentation skills course. And the things I learned in that presentation skills course, damn, like, I mean, I, I yeah, it, it really, there's like this thing called the arc of distortion. And the arc of distortion is like how others see you, how you see yourself. And then in there is the arc of distortion and you can actually bridge that gap through preparation and training, right? So other, you see yourself the way others see you um, because you're, you're, you always come across better than you do when you like analyze yourself. You're always like hypercritical. Yep. That's one thing. Um, the other thing I would say with regards to presentations is actual preparation um, goes a long way and what I mean by that is so visuals are way better than words right words put people to sleep too many words yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so having pictures um, compelling pictures and being able to talk about them that comes through preparation right mm. if you study okay this is what I need to say on this slide but people don't study right they just want to read off the slide yeah, it's yeah, lazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so and that, lazy. That's, that, that's what it comes back to right preparation um, and I remember in that presentation it was like um, it was so visual it was like oh, you know, did you want to know um, someone that like, died? And they were like, how, how familiar are you with like the bookies odds? And it was like to you, it was like to you, this thing, it might not seem like a big deal, but let me put it in context. The chances of Leicester winning the league um, in 2016 was 5,000 to one. Yeah. That was 5,000 yeah, yeah. to one. Yeah. And this has only been priced at 100 to one. So the chances of Leicester winning the league that year, it was 50 times more than, <laughs> than and it was like, it was so visceral. Yeah. And it's like using, you know, cultural references to really drive home um, statistical differences. I think, yeah, that's like a big takeaway. No, that's okay. really interesting. I think a lot of food for thought there on, on presentation skills. Just just wrapping up on what you do now then, mm. what does your future career hold, do you feel? Oh, uh, great. So um, I'm actually, so this is crazy. So um, I was on holiday in Barbados in Feb and uh, I started living. Yeah, I started reading. <laughs> Maybe that uh, 10K pay rise. That <laughs> <laughs> extra 400 pounds. I, I, I mean, I come across that such a waste, man. Um, but basically I read, I read or started reading The 4-Hour Workweek um, by Tim Ferriss and it comes back to, yeah, work-life balance and, um, you know, what you're actually doing with your life, right? And I basically got to a situation in my life where I'm on a career break now as of this moment in time. I'm taking a career break while I um, analyse my next move I think for me I want to continue uh doing customer success and if I do I'm gonna I, I want to move into like fintech so financial technology mm -hmm. because um uh, you know I like bitcoin crypto but I think just payments and money that is I mean money is where the money is obviously <laughs> but like technologies around it they're just booming yeah. at the moment and I find it really interesting it's like you know once again referring back to the book you want you don't want your work to seem like work. You want it to seem like play, right? And I feel like working for a fintech firm will give me that satisfaction. So mm. yeah, taking some time out, but then I'm going to start looking for companies in that industry. Um, on the side as well, obviously, got my podcast um, that I'm trying to kind of drive forward. What's um, it called again? Uh, it's the Vibes and Tribes podcast. Oh, and um, actually, both Alex and I have been on it in the yeah. past. So check that out yeah, as well. Out. Hopefully, they put, put <laughs> yeah, the, we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so yeah, like I'm actually 
trying at the moment to put that theory of compounding to the test yeah, yeah. and it's like um i'm trying to like tweet every day which isn't happening and just build my presence there because i basically want to see by the time i've landed my next role i want to see you know what side streams i can potentially um what extra side streams i can potentially kind of utilize. start to yeah. utilize and deliver yeah. for myself because yeah. ultimately um the goal in life for me is time right mm. so what does the future have for myself it is to have unlimited time man to be so yeah. financially free that i can do whatever i want on any given day um so yeah that's what the future holds for myself time and big freedom. respect for you saying two things firstly your career break doesn't sound like much of a break <laughs> yeah and secondly I, I really respect you saying that because i'm hoping we play this back in 10 years time and oh say, man he said yeah yeah, he's had, he's I, I hope you're going to have a lot more time on your hands to do these things. No, yeah. you know, because I think a lot of people think, right, I want to like either side hustle and make my money and get to the bag mm. so that I can just be free and do, do what, yeah. right? So, and I think it's like, w what my perspective is, is free yourself up or have the objective of freeing yourself up to do the things that you really love, it. whether it's purposeful or, you know, um, just the things that bring you joy and, mm. and, and, and uh, satisfaction in life. And, you know, absolutely. I, um, I think we're on a very similar, uh, journey ourselves. Uh, Nikki and I, we've, we've spoken about similar things. So it's, it's great to hear, hear that you're, you're thinking similarly and that you've got the time now to actually try and uh, put a plan in motion. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's daunting, but I think one of the things I've learned, especially with my podcast, um, and just, just things in general, I think the hardest thing to do is start. Yeah. Um, but once you start, things just like fall into place and yeah. you just learn on and you job. learn yeah, yeah yeah and it's just about i think people so i'm actually reading um i've been reading it for a long time but I'm, i've read some pages today before i came i'm reading never split the difference and basically um in that book he talks about how we are all risk averse mm -hmm. um and the example he gives is that if you say to someone you've got like 90 percent chance of winning a hundred thousand or um 95 no oh, it's 95% chance of winning 100,000 or 100% chance of winning like 90,000 people will take the 90,000 yeah, yeah. like and the inverse happens the other way so if you say there's a 100% chance they lose 95,000 or 90% chance they lose 100,000 then people they, they take the worst option basically yeah, yeah, yeah. they want to lose less yeah, yeah in life just you need to not be as risk averse. I know that some people yeah. have dependents, etc. But the younger you are, the more risks you you can yeah. take. I believe. Take risks responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. Is the message. And just very uh, briefly to say, Alex, um, that all that hard work that you've put in and effort, um, and obviously reading development, um, has really paid off to the point where you can take a career break. Yeah, very fortunate. It's you know, it's so uncommon i think um and and you know we don't get opportunities like that very often in our lives at all and you've got to a point now where you're able to do that you're able to reflect learn and and you know consider other things that you want to do so i think it's super admirable man Thank and you. and we wish you the very best with it and yeah, and, and what we should say as well is 
you starting your podcast, getting us on as guests, was a huge inspirational factor mm. for us being here even today. So oh, yeah, we should yeah. take our hats off. Because we were doing a lot of talking, but not, not a lot of action. action. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. that definitely inspired us. I, yeah, I have to 100%. agree with that. And and I, I think it goes vice versa, right? Like, I mean, you know, we've had our link-ups and... I think even before I started my podcast, I would always kind of wax lyrical to you guys. Uh, I know Alex would sometimes just say, look, you've been talking, you really give me the look. So I think, you know, but it comes back to that inner circle, right? And surround yourself with people who who kind of elevate you and challenge you in healthy ways. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like it needs to be said, but sometimes it's the moments between the moments, right? And just understanding that, this is what's expected of me from my peers. So yeah. just challenging yourself internally yeah, to yeah. do that. Sick. Very quickly, because I'm conscious of time, yeah. you, you alluded to it really briefly um, in terms of your future career, fintech, crypto, et cetera. And, and we know you're big... Uh, crypto enthusiast <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah true believer <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 come on <laughs> do you disciple very quickly give us an overview of like how you got into crypto why you are so into it and, oh, okay. and, and uh well, obviously this isn't financial advice but like what you think it looks like in the future oh man um i'm gonna give you like so for the listeners i'm giving you like a dumbed down version like i'm relatively smart but there are just there are some real killers in the world so I can refer you to some smarter people than myself, but to answer the question, so who initially got me into it? Shout out my boy, Connor Okus. So he's been on my podcast. Um, Connor is a, he's a developer in the Bitcoin space. He works for uh, what they called now Spiral Block. They used to be called Square Crypto, basically. Um, they're owned by Jack Dorsey, who used to own okay. Twitter. Um, so like he is like running in some crazy circles, man. And he's um, he's been in the Bitcoin game for about five years. He told me about Bitcoin probably in like 2020. Um, and I probably started to I probably started to really put my money where my mouth is from like Jan 21. Um, but before even putting my money where my mouth is, so Connor was like, read the Bitcoin standard, right? And to this day, if I'm being completely honest, I have not finished the Bitcoin standard. But the 100 pages that I've read, it gives you the history of money. And when you understand the history of money, you understand, in my opinion, the necessity for something like Bitcoin. And, you know, just doing your own research like you know for the listeners we're in 2022 did you know that like it's like 60 percent of all us dollars were printed within the last two years yeah. right yeah. and when you understand monetary policy inflation etc etc you realize that the current model isn't sustainable right and if the current model isn't sustainable what are the alternatives, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin is an alternative. Um, cri and crypto, generally. Crypto, yeah. no, no, but no, oh, Bitcoin right. is oh, king. Okay, okay, okay. Crypto there is the space. I know nothing. <laughs> crypto is the space. <laughs> crypto is the space. But if Bitcoin fails, yeah. all crypto will it fail. Collapses, yeah. yeah. So it's so, essentially the gold standard yeah. of, of, of cryptocurrency. It's a bit like, it's a bit like, did you <laughs> ever watch, ironic. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like, did you ever watch Heroes? Like, yeah, save the yeah, cheerleader, yeah. save the world. It's like, save Bitcoin, <laughs> save, the, <laughs> save the world. Like, Bitcoin, no, no. But um, there's there's so much into it. So I've got to shout out um, Coin Bureau. Um, so guy, I think he actually records these podcasts here as well. Um, he's done such a great job um, 
at educating myself and the masses on crypto. And then Connor also has um, a podcast called um, Hello Bitcoin. And, and you know, talking about who got me into it, Connor is actually speaking at Bitcoin 2022 in, in, uh, in Miami, which is uh, in a couple of weeks time. So when you have those kind of influences, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you do your own research, right? Because you can't just, you can't just invest in something because somebody says, um invest in it Mm-mm-mm. um you have to do your own research and then going to the future right you were saying um what does the future hold yeah um bitcoin um it's going to be the the currency and what do i mean by that um right now one bitcoin is worth like forty thousand dollars we're going to get to a point where one bitcoin will be one bitcoin that is going to be the the denomination that okay. we're referring to, yeah. in my opinion. Um, you've got a lot of um, governments and whatever trying to um, create their own like um, central digital currencies, yeah, yeah. but they're not going to work because they're not decentralized, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Bitcoin's yeah. power comes from two things. One, it's decentralization. Um, and the second thing is it's scarcity. The yeah. fact that there's only 21 million and that you can never ever, you know, inject more into, yeah. into the protocol. So yeah, my vision is that one Bitcoin will become one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is theoretically worth in today's money, yeah, will yeah. be will be millions. Yeah, I thought he was excited talking about the growth mindset. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Literally. Sorry, you can see why I want to get into fintech. Yeah, no, that's wicked. Um, yeah. That was a great, great synopsis. Um, thanks for that bio, and um, you know, just uh, a disclaimer: uh, investing's risky. Yeah. You can lose money. Do your own research. All right, don't do, take our work. Do your own research. Exactly. Um, so, just just moving on then, because I, what we'd like to do is is you know we've talked about your career and your journey into that um we'd like to understand a bit better um sort of where you came from your familial structure um you know your parents background yeah um, and some of the key influences in your life mm. um, in your personal life mm-hmm. that brought you to where you are today yeah um to give our you know our listeners like a bit of inspiration in terms of you know okay some people might come from some privilege and they win or they don't right yeah, yeah, yeah. um but also you can come from certain other socioeconomic backgrounds, yeah. you know, and, and different, you know, ethnic groups and things, um, and still kill it like yeah. you are. So, um, do you want to give a bit of a, yeah. Um, I mean, where, where do I start? Yeah. And I we think, can talk about this for a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'd just be good to get like a, an a, overall. Yeah. So, um, I'm Nigerian. Shout out, shout out Nigeria. Um, yeah, so my parents obviously they actually immigrated to the UK via Italy. So they actually lived in Italy um, for a few years uh, and had my brother there. Like my dad's still fluent in Italian to this day. Um, and then they came over to the UK in like the eighties. Okay. Um, and then yeah, uh, so I was brought up. So initially, uh, like born in like North London, lived in Tottenham for like the first two, three years of my life, and then my parents you know made the decision to move us to Essex um like more like East London Essex like a place called Chaddle Heath mm-hmm. uh, yeah from when I was about three four years old um to kind of move us away from like North London was quite that Tottenham was ends mm-hmm. like, it, was, it was scary and you know our parents you know they really prioritised us and tried to move us out of that situation. Not that Chaddle Heath is much better now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah. So yeah, grew up in a place called Chaddle Heath. Um, 
Yeah, what can I say? Like, yeah, my daddy worked for the Unison. My mum was a teacher. Um, I'm not didn't come from like much, um, but at the same time, didn't really want for anything. Um, what I'd say is, I always had a roof over my head. Um, I always had meals. Um, could always have crisp. Um, maybe I, you know, maybe (laughs) if I wanted, maybe if I wanted, like, I don't know. It was. It was like the nice to haves. Maybe I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. But all the essentials in life, my parents made sure that me and my brothers had them. So I'm actually one of four as well. So I've got two older brothers and I've got a little brother and there's a lot of um there's a lot of gaps between us. Um and what I'd say is uh when I was growing up, um my dad, like very influential figure in my life, uh whatever whatever he's actually just seventy. I actually just oh, had okay. to I was given a speech about like how he influenced my life and um he was very strict uh growing up. So I lived like quite a sheltered childhood because like I wasn't really allowed out after five PM, which was like a, a positive thing. Like mm-hmm. um trying to keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, right? keep me on the straight and narrow. So I wasn't allowed out like always try to get me to do more from an early age. And what I mean by that is like, even though I was like relatively academic, so like A's and B's, like my dad would be like, why aren't you studying? It needs to be all A's. Like he didn't see A's and B's as positive. He'd be like, why are there B's? Or if there's a, God forbid there was a C, like (laughs) what the hell is a C? Like to my dad, it was never um, well done for the good. It was like, how can we improve the bad? Like I I, I spoke about like the time where we went to parents evening and like my maths was like 20 out of 20, 20 out of 20, 20 out of 20. And my dad, I was like, oh, all right, the grades are good, but does he talk in class? Like, he was like, yeah, but does he talk though? You know, do I need to do I need to slap him for talking too much? And like, 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 honestly, parents used to be like, oh, he, he's, dad's coming fishing. Like, yeah, dad yeah. needs a reason to give him licks at home. Like, so, like, I think from an early age, uh, it was always a focus on the like, don't rest on your laurels, right? Um, and I didn't realize that at the time, but I realize it now. Right, we've just talked about um, it, right? And yeah, exactly. We can see the correlation. Yeah. Now. Um, as well as where you get your critical analysts from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, yeah, like had a, yeah, had a good um, upbringing and then, yeah, went to University um, of Southampton, did economics and management. Um, and yeah, essentially, um, yeah, like I, I worked all through uni as well mm-hmm. to like find myself like, I liked, Sick. I liked living, um, you know, I liked going out, but my parents obviously couldn't just you know send me unlimited amounts yeah, of money yeah, yeah. so I had to had to have jobs I think um the main things I'd say like going back to my dad like he always wanted me to be like a doctor or like an accountant or whatever and um whilst you know they do traditionally pay well like, I always wanted to just forge my own path so I had that like yeah he's knowledgeable but I want to go and you know understand the work of myself yeah. and just a quick one on university um university really opened my eyes and i think it's really made me into the person i am today because living in chadwell heath you know no offense to like the people who i, I grew up with people kind of just aspire to you know live in chadwell heath grow mm. old in chadwell heath die in chadwell heath but going to the university of southampton i met people who had come back from gap years or they were leaving university to go on a gap year and, and broadened your horizons broadened my horizons and there were people who had more money than i'd ever seen like i remember going to you know people's houses in summer or you know people do birthday parties at their houses and people drive down there and i was just like people actually live in houses like this (laughs) i lived in like obviously like um a terrace house or whatever with houses on either side i didn't understand people who lived in houses with names (laughs) or you know they weren't like neighbors i'm like what the hell is this and you know getting a taste of that it was like all right what do i need to do in life to get me some of that yeah yeah, and it was like 
it's not a I'm jealous. It's a okay. I'm now gonna go and grab myself some of that. So yeah, yeah. uni gave me even more of a fire to be um, successful. Amazing. That, that really resonates with me, and I, I think I spoke about it when um, we did our podcast together. Um, how exposure can also lead to development, like mm. yeah, realizing what's possible. Yeah, realizing okay, if I do. If I step from A to B, that's going to get me to C, and C looks pretty sick. So yeah. no, I, I think it's a really good point to, to make that going into new environments can just show you what's possible and, and, and inspire you to, to take that next step up. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So being exposed to these things, I think, yeah, man, I think that's why, you know, a lot of people do travel and it's like experience all these different cultures. Um, yeah, I think it's such a big thing, man. Get out of get out of your comfort zone. You've got to, mm. you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable, um, which is another one of my brother's things. Yeah. So Amazing. You mentioned some of the key influences. You've mentioned some of the kind of the principles, hard work, not settling for anything less than straight A's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like now that you're perhaps a bit more established and um, yeah, the last 10 years seem to have been very transformative um, yeah. for you. Do you give back? And, and if you do, why is it important for you to do so? Um, I think I'll start off by saying that I can definitely give more. Um, but do I give back? Yeah, I think like even in my role, like um, I like to like mentor, um, I onboard like new people in our team. Um, and I, I do that because I know what I was like when I first joined, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, especially even when I'm interviewing people, like I just love people who, I love working with people who want to learn. Right. Um, and I've got a lot of time for those people yeah. um, because I remember how excitable I was and how I knew nothing and how I relied on people's knowledge and advice and, and yeah. tips. So um, I do I do mentor in that way. Um, I have like joined um, some societies, but I, ha I, I know that I can be more active. And I think as I turn 30 and like I say, I'm reviewing uh, some things I'm doing and especially, you know, speaking to Alex and understanding some of the things that he did in his previous job, I do know that. I need to I need to do more yeah. um even in the form of your podcast though right yeah yeah that, I, I, I was going to get onto that yeah. um yeah um would I call it giving it is giving back um but I'm also learning at the same yeah, time yeah. and I think that's yeah. what I love about my podcast so my podcast um it started as a travel and lifestyle podcast but it's now morphed into a podcast um yeah where we're trying to give people um a flavor about you know I think the blurb I've got on my Twitter is that not everybody needs to be um, an exec at a company on its way to unicorn status, right? Yeah. It's about breaking that status quo and understanding other, you know, roles and responsibilities that can give fulfillment um, and understanding people's journeys into into those points. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to give back in that way, um, but it's not easy, right? Like, um yeah it's it's a process but i do enjoy it right and it, it doesn't feel like work um so yeah i give back but like i say can always do more <laughs> yeah nice um so i mean you know to, to kind of bring th this episode to a close we, we like to do a little segment on you know some of the lessons and, and things you've learned over time mm. um can you give us the best advice you've received an example of the worst advice you've received mm. um, and one of the biggest life lessons you've learned to date. I think best advice has to be just start. Like if you're, if you want to do something in life, achieve something in life, just start. Um, and I think a second thing is that anything, like anything is genuinely possible. And I, I, I don't mean that in the sense that, you know, some things aren't possible, but just like, 
when you look at like elite athletes, whatever, actors, they're just human beings, right? Unless you're like part of a royal family, people are just born normal, right? Um, they have the same limbs, whatever, ever. Some are actually unfortunate and disadvantaged and yeah. they don't have, you know, they aren't fortunate to just be normal people like us. Um, but we're all the same, man. Just people, um, right? We're just people. So yeah. just just do and figure it out. So that's the best advice. Another one as well, like for people looking to be managers and whatever, always do the job of the role above. Like don't expect to get promoted and then start doing the job. You have to be doing the job mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. you get the promotion. Yeah. Um, worst advice. Um, yeah, probably for my dad saying I need to be like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, worst advice, you know. I, I, to be honest, I think that's a good one because you decided to forge your own path, yeah. right? You went with your own instinct um, and it served you well. Yeah. Right? Like, don't always listen to your parents, man. Like, yeah, like, your parents will, obviously, don't get me wrong, like, they're so knowledgeable, but yeah, like... I, sorry, just on the theme of you being on a career break, kind of going through your, your personal journey now, can I flip that to a more positive of listen to yourself? Yeah, mm. yeah, oh, I like that, like yeah. that, like that. And then what was the third one, sorry? Third one is a biggest life lesson to date. Biggest life lesson to date? Um, that one is simple. Just um, life, life continues. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I was talking to someone about this recently. Sometimes, like, especially for me, a very sociable person, you get like anxiety and whatever, like turning down opportunities, like learning to say no. But guess what happens? Like, let's say Nikita invites me out and I say no. Next week comes around, Nikita's going to invite me out again. Like, like FOMO it's so it's such nonsense like if you stay true to yourself and like you understand like your friendship groups not turning up to one engagement isn't going to make or break a relationship yeah. so don't let insignificant things weigh you down like I'm a big believer of like reserving positive energy and then channeling that into what you do and mm. um, so life lesson is yeah just reserve your energy for, for, for the right things, man, and, and good things will happen. Love that. No, that's amazing. And just, just to wrap up, we, we ordinarily will ask our guests about books or podcasts that they're listening to. Oh, you man. mentioned a few. Yeah. Um, to do something a little bit different today, I'm going to flip it to, if you could have three dinner guests. Tonight, oh, wow. Okay. Who would they be throughout history as well and why? Three dinner guests. Um... <sighs> Wow, I didn't. I didn't think he would ask this. Um, I think oh, I'm a massive football person, uh, so I would have Sir Alex Ferguson as a Manchester Come United on. Like he, <laughs> like his his man management. Like I've read his book. Um, all the personalities that he's dealt with, the success he had with some awful teams. I think I could apply a lot of what he speaks about to mm. um, my day to day life. So I would have Sir Alex. Um, and then next, I'd probably go like, I think I'd have to go like Satoshi Nakamoto, you know, even though we don't know, <laughs> we don't know who Satoshi is. Like to understand the like, crypto guy, right? Yeah, the, 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 you know, creator, the, crea Bitcoin, the creator yeah. of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I think, um, you know, female empowerment, two, two, two yeah, key come into my on. head. Like I'm going either Oprah Winfrey or Serena Williams. Sick. And it's just because of like black women, um, just what they've done and what where they've come from. Yeah like to what they've achieved like both like billionaires I, I believe because they're in um so yeah like definitely you need like a strong black woman 
Um, yeah, I'm saying football and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, Satoshi for crypto. Three game Amazing. changers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like not your conventional ones as well. I'd no. say, you know, everyone's has their, their, their kind of, you know, kind of more more, more conventional ones. But no, that's sick. I, I like that. I wonder I like how the lot. conversation between the three of them would go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd just be listening, that's for sure. Yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. Listening just, and taking notes. Just take it in. Ferguson um, investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Um, Bio, thank you so much yeah. for joining oh, us. Man. This has been a wicked conversation. Very inspirational. I've enjoyed it. Got to know a lot more about you as well. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely get you on again because I think oh, there are a few things we're going to want to dive a little bit deeper into. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and yeah, so listen, for everyone listening, Hard Work Beats Talent Podcast is the handle on YouTube, you know, Spotify, uh, Instagram, all the socials. So check that out. Show um, love. Please. show love like subscribe comment please all interact from a podcaster i know how much it means they're yeah. going to look at all those comments they will give them energy to keep going so please yeah, yeah and, and listen do you know what i'm going to put this out there um if anything that we talk about touches you or you've got questions right um shout us either you know instagram and we'll do our best to get back to you um we want to help people as well so so get in touch um Amazing. Well, listen, thanks guys. It's been a great it's been a great conversation. Love. We'll catch you on the next one. Always love. Thanks, man. Over yeah. and out. Yeah, over Thank and you. out. Cheers.